Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. ask in the name of Jesus that as we come tonight, we really pray that, Father, your word does remarkable things. We ask, O oh Lord, that you perform miracles. We ask, O oh Lord, that you teach us your word. We ask, Lord, that your grace and your favor attends our way tonight. Make tonight simple. Let your Holy Spirit have free reign. Father Almighty God, open the word to us. We really thank you for it. We thank you for everybody who's joined it, joining, joining this call, and then we ask you to bless them. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> um, our reading for tonight, what we've got, um, our reading for tonight is taken from Luke 22. And one of the, we're going to read from verse 40 to 52. It's, we could have read the whole chapter, but it's extremely long. And, and for time and focus's sake, we'll, we'll stick to 40 to 52. And so for those, um, I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English, and you, you may follow along in, in any version you have. We will stop at 7.14 to say our declaration, and so be prepared for that. Um, but we're going to continue, we're going to drive on. I hope you've really enjoyed the series. Um, and so we're looking at healing again tonight, and this particular miracle is, is important for, um, for a variety of reasons. So let's have a look at Jesus healing someone. Luke 22, verse 40. And the Bible says, and when he came to the place, he said to them, make a prayer that you may not be put to the test. And he's speaking to his disciples. So just to give you some context, Jesus has come to the point where he's about to be arrested. He's gone into the, he's going into the garden of Gethsemane. He's about to pray. And he's speaking to his disciples that look, pray as well so that you don't find yourself in a place of temptation. So that's what we find. And so let's read. So let's read on our read just to give you some context. Luke 22, verse 40. And when he came to the place, he said to them, make a prayer that you may not be put to the test. And he went a little distance away from them and falling on his knees in prayer. He said, Father, if it is your pleasure, take this cup from me, but still let your pleasure, not mine, be done. And the Bible then says the following, and an angel from heaven came to him to give him strength. And he being in great trouble of soul, the force of his prayer became stronger and great drops like blood came from him falling to the earth. And getting up from prayer, he came to the disciples and saw that they were sleeping for sorrow. And he said, why are you sleeping? Get up and give yourselves to prayer so that you may not be put to the test. And while he was saying these words, there came a band of people and Judas, one of the 12, was in front of them. And he came near to Jesus to give him a kiss. But Jesus said to him, Judas, will you be false to the son of man with a kiss? And when those who were with him saw what was coming, they said, Lord, may we not make use of our swords? And one of them gave a blow to the servant of the high priest 
cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answering said, put up with this at least. And touching his ear, he made it well. And Jesus said, and so made it well. And verse 52, and Jesus said to the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the rulers who had come against him, have you come out against, come out against a, a thief with swords and sticks? And I'll read to 54. When I was in the temple with you every day, your hands were not stretched out against me, but this is your hour and the authority of the dark power. And they made him a prisoner and took him away to the house of the high priest. And Peter went after him after a distance and so ladies and gentlemen what we find there is that's our reading for tonight now why is it so important it's you'll find that it's in without a doubt this is one of the darkest seasons of anybody's of jesus's life this is where the kingdom of darkness execute their plans they're about to take him away and they are about to execute him albeit this is the plan of salvation and they had no idea why is this important i want you to notice something about healing and this is please keep this in mind healing is god's will for you jesus in the middle of this difficult environment these are my thoughts and then we'll take questions jesus in the in the middle of this difficult environment remember he's just realized one of his closest disciples has betrayed him his disciples are struggling to keep up with him spiritually they're burdened by sorrow and they've fallen asleep in the night he has just prayed reading um, other other sections of the bible we realize jesus has prayed three times and he has gone before god in agony the enemy comes the high priest's servants come and they come to arrest him and they come with judas so he is betrayed by one of his closest friends yet this is what i would love you to remember by one of his closest friends. I want you to remember this. In the darkest season of the story, it is a dark season, yet Jesus reaches out his hand and heals Malchus when one of his servants cuts off his right ear. So what I what do I want us to notice about this? And this is why one of these things about um, when you go through the Bible, this story, it's almost hidden away. Jesus performs a miracle on Malchus. Now let's let's look at Malchus a little bit. Malchus has come to take Jesus away. He hasn't come with faith, belief, hope. He hasn't. He's attacked albeit and and you know still we could say well he deserved it that's not but that's not how jesus operates he is attacked by one of jesus's servants jesus one and we'll find out who it is in the moment that and his ear is cut off not mark it's cut off jesus stops them but then he does something he reaches out his hand in a really really tough season and he heals Malchus, 
I'll tell you where I got his name from in a minute, which is the beautiful thing about of concordances. Jesus heals him. What does that tell us? And this is what, remember, we've been looking at the miracles of healing and they pointed to us the fact that we can have confidence in God when we are asking him to heal. This is the most negative environment you can imagine. And Jesus reaches out to the high priest servant, lays his hand on the ear that is no longer there. And he heals him. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever challenge of healing, whatever you are asking God for when it comes to healing, this verse drives home the point that healing is God's will for you. Malchus did not pray. Malchus didn't even come there with a good intention. And the environment was negative, yet God still reached out and healed him. Why am I saying it? Because I'm quite sure that there are some very challenging situations you're facing. And this is what was laid in my heart when I, when I thought about this story. There, there are two or three others that we're going to look at. But when we look at this one, I want you to remember the, that please keep this in mind. Even though it's a really difficult season, even though it seems like, well, I may not be able to pray or I may not be able to, um, I may not be able to do what I would normally do. It's, you know, it's dark, worship is not flowing. And all of a sudden Jesus reaches out his hand and heals. I want you to take this verse, please hold on to this story and let it hold, let it set a foundation in your heart so that when you go to God asking for healing, and this is key, when you go to God asking for healing, you can have no, you will have no doubt that it is God's will to heal you. Jesus heals him. And the interesting thing, and I'll say this before we take our declaration, so we can, after our declarations, we can move on. After Jesus heals him, he doesn't change. He doesn't turn around and say, I'm not doing this. This is a man of God. The Bible says they arrest Jesus as they normally would. And three days of nightmare treatment begin. But God still healed him. There is, why do I pray that this story gives you confidence? I'll give you the scripture after we take our declarations, but let it give you confidence that when you ask God for healing, healing is who God is. He will heal you. And this is, the, this is our assurance. So when we go to God for healing, we know for a fact that God, it is your will to heal me. No, and, and, that's, and that's, I think that was one of the most comforting things. Now that miracle has left a mark on my inside. And when I say it really reassured me because I'm thinking if ever there was a time not to bless somebody, this would have been it. But Jesus realized that, listen, this is beyond everybody around you. And he healed. And I want everybody, please, for those of you that are listening, 
Take confidence. Over the next few months, you may need to pray for healing for yourself, for your loved ones, for those around you. Please let this verse form a foundation that when you come to God for healing, don't have any doubt. God wants to heal you. The journey might be unusual, but the key is that this is God's will to heal you. And I'll, I'll explain why in a moment, once we say our declaration. So can we put that declaration in the chat? Let's, let's take our declarations, okay? So ladies and gentlemen, um, let's do this together. You can say it out loud where you are. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves, we pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Fantastic. So, this is why I'll, I'll go back to this story and I want you to realize. Notice the servant of the high priest never asked for healing. So I want, you know, all the other examples we've, we, we've talked about, we've looked at faith and healing, but this is where God heals because God is God, not because the person asks not because the person does anything, but it is God's intention to heal. It is God's intention. So we're going to look at two other miracles and then um, two other miracles. So th that's the first one. So that's the first one we've looked at. That's the healing of Malchus. Now, the other two are rather famous. So, so we'll go from there. Now, remember, like I said, I'm going through this. This is our list. It's been printed out and sent to you. So this is the beauty of it. But just before I do go, one of the interesting things, this is one of the interesting things. Where did I get the name of the servant? And I want to show you. So turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 18, verses 10 to 12. And this is the beauty of cross-referencing. And I just want to show you how a picture is built. And so John 18, verse 10, I'm going to read, and I'm reading from the Bible in basic English, the Bible there, then Simon Peter, who had a sword, took it out and gave the high priest's servant a blow, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jesus responds in the very same way. And verse 11, the Bible says, then Jesus said to Peter, put back your sword. Am I not to take the cup which my father has given to me? And then verse 12 <laughs> ah, verse 12 um, verse 12 kicks in the bible said then the band and the chief captain and the police took jesus and put cords around him notice the man that jesus had just healed joined in but that's a different story but the, notice where did i get the extra information from what i want you to begin to realize is when you're reading the Bible, the Bible wants to tell you the full picture. So enjoy it. Use the resources, use concordances. So when you're reading the Gospels, 
when you read through the New Testament, enjoy reading the Gospels. It will tell you a complete picture. And so enjoy it. That's where I got it from. Um, and I just I thought I'd drop that in. So that's what. So it was Simon Peter who was the culprit. Very interesting. That's a different sermon. Um, different, different sermon altogether. And so let's go to two more miracles where Jesus heals and the person involved didn't ask for it. Because there's something about tonight, and I'm, I'm praying that I want you to realize that God will do miracles on your behalf. Do miracles. It's going to be wonderful. So let's look at two other instances of healing where God heals without the person asking. So turning your Bibles, please, um, to John chapter 5, verse 1. Let's have a look at this story. John chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verse 1. And I'm going to read, ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I'll read the story, and so we can have a look. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, near the sheep market, there is a public bath, which in Hebrew is named Beth Zahatha, or Bethesda. It has five doorways. In these doorways, there were a, num a great number of people with different diseases, some unable to see, some without the power of walking, some with wasted bodies. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Let me just put this in the chat so I can. So I'm going to read all the way up to nine, just so we can all follow along. So it's in the chat. All right, so uh, one man who had been ill for 38 years, when Jesus saw him there on the floor, it was clear to him that he had been, he had been now a long time in that condition. So he said to the man, is it your desire to get well? It's a very interesting question. The ill man said in answer, sir, I have nobody to put me into the bath when the water is moving. While I'm on the way down, some other person gets in before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and go. And the man became well straight away and took up his bed and went. Now that day was the Sabbath. Fantastic story. We realize a couple of things I want you to realize about this story. And these are my thoughts. And then hopefully... Um, actually, we will get a chance to take questions in the next few minutes. The thing about it is, let's look at this. Jesus goes to a place where thousands of sick people, sick people are. And the Bible says a great number, some of them blind, some of them without the power of walking, and some with wasted bodies. Now, what you begin to realize, Jesus is on a mission. Because the Bible says he walks past thousands or hundreds of other sick people and he finds one man and he says to this notice Jesus initiates the conversation and Jesus says do you want to get well that is it your desire to get well the man responds not with a yes I do but he responds thinking that this is just an ordinary stranger. He responds and says, 
this is my problem. I do want to get well, but I try and I try and get to the pool. And the reason the pool is important, um, we'll have a look at that in a moment. I try and get to the pool and before I get down there, somebody else has got in and I don't get healed. Jesus then says, notice, he said, take up your bed and walk. So when he realized that, look, I've got to help you. So he tells him something that he can do. He said, get up and pick up your bed and go home. The power to heal was in Jesus. He transfers it to the man by speaking. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to begin to realize, notice, let's, let's look at this situation carefully. The man was, had been there for a very long time, but God came and found him. When the Lord finds him, the Lord initiates the conversation. When the man doesn't respond with any kind of faith that, you know, oh yes, you're the Messiah or son of David, nothing. The man just said, this is my problem. I'm going to keep trying, but this is what I'm going through. Jesus makes a statement. He said, rise up and pick up your bed and, he, um, and walk. And notice the man gets well immediately. Let's settle something. When it comes to healing, the person who does the healing and the power resides in Jesus Christ. He transfers that to the man by speaking. So when you are looking for healing, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand it's about healing. It is God's will to heal you and the power to get it done is his. That means he, it's on him. The heavy lifting is him. So when you and I ask for healing, it is God who responds. And so notice Jesus doesn't even explain the technicalities to the man. He says, you know what, just get up and go home and the man gets up and he moves jesus finds him later and has a, a more theological conversation with him but please keep this in mind notice jesus came to find him i sense in my heart very sincerely that this is i don't know why this is going to help somebody because it's like the, the man hadn't given up but he had resigned himself that my problems are too large, it's not going to happen. The first man had no intention of being healed anyway, yet God healed them both. Let's go to a third example. So I want you to begin to realize whoever is believing God for healing, and I pray God is speaking to you. So what I want you to realize is God can be trusted when it comes to healing. And notice, God initiated the conversation put the desire in the man's heart and said, here it is. May God do the same for you. And whoever it is, whether you're believing for healing for yourself or for your loved one, it is God's will. It is God that has made the path to healing. It, is he, it was his idea that you can come to him and be healed through the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that this is what I want you to see. Now notice, this miracle puts flesh to the picture. And so all of a sudden, we see that Jesus starts to process, and so will it be with you, okay? I'm going to move on again. I'm going to move on because I want to get um, through 
um, two or three. So let's go to the third one regarding healing. The third one regarding healing um, is found in John 5 from verses 1 to 9. Okay, someone asked a question and, and I'll, I'll answer it now before I go into the next example. And it's this, that you'll notice in the story in, in, John, 5, in, in John 5 that Jesus didn't ask about his faith. No, he didn't. So Jesus didn't ask whether, oh, you have faith. The healing was done by God. This is, that means it was purely initiated and carried out and executed by the Lord. Let's put that in context. The first example, the man definitely had no faith. He had come to arrest Jesus. He gets attacked. He has no ear. And the Bible says Jesus reaches from where he is and heals. Please remember, let me put a scripture to that. Um, and then I'll go on to the third example and the Lord will help us. I'm going to go to the book of Exodus 15, verse 26. Now, let me please say this. When you see Jesus makes a statement in John when speaking to um, one of his disciples and he says, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. This is in the Old Testament where God is speaking about healing. And why is it so important to realize that? Notice, God is not, healing is not dependent on you all the time. This is God's desire. That means sometimes God heals without other people's faith. It's the, we realize later in the in 1 Corinthians 12, these are the gifts of healing. And that's where God heals off the back of his ability, not necessarily. Okay. Um, so Exodus 15, verse 26, I will read. The Bible says, and I'm, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, um, and God is speaking to Moses as the people are murmuring for water, and in verse 26 is key. And the Bible says, and said, if thou wilt diligent, diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandment, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. This is the Lord speaking. And then the Lord says the following. That is, this is God. For I am the Lord, that is, I am Jehovah, that healeth thee. That's where we get the name Jehovah Rapha. That means God saying that this is not only is it covenanted, but this is who I am. I am the God that healeth, heals you, present continuous. When Jesus comes, he demonstrates this part of God to us through the miracles of healing and leaves the ability behind in his name and through the person of the Holy Spirit so that the Bible says when we, yes, Exodus 15 verse 26, when we now pray in the name of Jesus and we lay hands, the Bible says, and we looked at it last week, 
these signs shall follow those that believe. It will demonstrate. So that's something that I want you to begin to realize. So it is God that heals. This is, um, <laughs> it is God that heals. Um, so it is God that says, I've got a comment and I'll pick it up in a moment. So I want you to keep in mind that this is something that we've got to keep this focus. When you're going to God for healing, when you're going to God for healing, you must realize that it is God's will to heal. Now, so that's what I want to keep that in mind. So that that's that. Um, let's go to the third miracle we want to look at tonight and then we'll come back i've got a few comments now and i think some of them are really really great um okay so let's go the bible says in john chapter 11 okay john chapter 11 the bible says now a certain man named lazarus was ill he was of bethany the village where mary and martha her sister lived i'm reading from verse one then Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. It was her brother, Lazarus, who was now sick. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he of whom you love so well is sick. When Jesus received the message, he said, this sickness is not to end in death. But on the contrary, it is to honor God and to promote his glory, that the son of God may be glorified through and by it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They were his dear friends. He held them in loving esteem. Therefore, even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he still stayed two days longer in the same place where he was. Then after that interval, he went, he said to his disciples, let us go back again to Judea. Then the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews only recently were intending to stone you. And are you thinking of going back there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? Anyone who walks about in the daytime does not stumble because he does not see by the light of this world. I can see your questions coming in, fantastic. I will, um, I'll, I'll answer your questions. I, they're coming in, please keep them coming. Um, but if anyone asks, walks about in the night, he does, I'm at verse 10, ladies and gentlemen, he does stumble because there is no light in him. The light is lacking to him. He said these things and then added, our friend Lazarus is at rest and sleeping, but I am going there that I may awaken him out of his sleep. The disciples answered, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will recover. However, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he referred to falling into a refreshing and natural sleep. So then Jesus plainly told them, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there. It will help you believe to trust and rely on me. However, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go to that we may die, be killed along with him. So when Jesus arrived, he found that he, Lazarus, had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And a considerable number of the Jews had gone out to see Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary remained sitting in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
And even now I know that whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha replied, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am myself the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, although he may die, yet he shall live. And the Bible says, and whoever continues to live and believes in his faith, cleaves to and relies on me, shall never actually die at all. Do you believe this? He, she said to him, Lord, I have believed, I do believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, even he who was to come into the world. It is for your coming that the world has waited. And after she said that, she went back and called her sister Mary privately, whispering to her, the teacher is close at hand and is asking for you. When she heard this, she sprang up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not entered the village, but was at, still at the same point where Martha had met him. Verse 31. When Jesus, who was sitting with her in the house and consoling, when the Jews who were sitting with her in the house and consoling her, saw how hastily Mary had arisen and gone out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to pour out her grief there. When Mary came to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she dropped down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews came with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He chafed in spirit and sighed and was disturbed. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how tenderly he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the blind man's eyes have prevented this man from dying? Now Jesus, sighing repeatedly and deeply disquieted, approached the tomb. It was a cave, a hole in the rock, and a boulder lay by its entrance to close it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, but Lord, by this time he is decaying, throws off an offensive odor for he had been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Yes, I know that you always hear and listen to me, but I have said this on account of for and be the benefit of those standing around so that they may believe you did send me, that you have made me your messenger. When he has said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus come out and out walked the man who had been dead his hands and feet wrapped in burial cloths linen strips and with a burial napkin round his face and Jesus said to him free him of the burial wrappings and let him go ladies and gentlemen why did I pick on this story to as we bring this begin to bring this series to a close it's really important notice Whatever killed Lazarus, he was healed of when Jesus brought him back to life. Now, keep this in mind. Notice, although Mary and Martha came to find Jesus, their faith was not the defining factor. It was that God had determined that this is how this story would end. And the healing power to get it done was expressed to through Jesus Christ. This one, notice, Lazarus had gone. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God for whom nothing is impossible. Nothing. And when you come to healings, so please keep this in mind, when you're thinking about healing, when it comes to healing, we come to a point where God says nothing is impossible. We also realize it is God's will for you. God raises Lazarus from the dead. So look at our three men that we've looked at today. All three had no way of reaching out to Jesus, but Jesus reached out to them. What is my prayer as we, we bring this little bit to a close is this. I want you to realize that when you are holding on for healing, God will reach out to where you are. God will reach across the divide and he will be Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. Now, I want to also, so please keep that in mind. Keep this in mind. So when you're coming to healing, have complete and utter faith. When you're coming to God for healing, we know it is God's will. Now, one scripture that I wanted to put beside this as we, as we talk about this is this. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. So 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Let me pull that up and I'll read in the modern King James. And the Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're asking God for healing, we realize it is God's will. So the one thing you can be assured of is God has heard you. Now, that means he is working it out. He is leading you to a place. So go back with that kind of, with that confidence, believing that God, I know you will do this. I know you will do this. And that's the, what I wanted you to have tonight. Notice these three men didn't really have an opportunity to reach out to Jesus in faith. One of them had passed away. One of them had almost given up. He had been there 38 years. And one of them had come with an intention that was not to be healed because he had no idea that he was about to lose an ear. May God cross the divide and heal those you are believing God for and you that are healing, that need healing. Okay. Amen. Now I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to pick up on. Um, and then um, I'll do that for the next couple of minutes. So let's, there, there are, and let me say this um, because I, I, it's really important. The by, what we've realized looking at healing is that when we pray for healing, God hears us. We know he does because it's his will. Then what if the healing does not happen? Because sometimes it doesn't. Did we do anything? Did we, is it something that we didn't do? Is it that we didn't pray? Is it that we didn't reach out? No, not really. It's not, that's not the case. Why? Because we realize that God works, the God who is in absolute control. Whenever somebody comes to a point, there are 
so many things as most of them we will not know until we get to heaven and i say that carefully because in all sincerity sometimes some of us have been on a journey where we have prayed and prayed and prayed and the loved one has passed away but the one thing we go back to so when that situation happens when something happens that we do not understand what can we go back to and it is that lord this is who you are and this is what i believe in you i know this is who you are and that is where we anchor our faith and because we know that healing is your will you heard our prayers but if in your wisdom you decided that this particular time this person that you will it will not happen the way we expect it to happen then we know oh lord that you have a tomorrow that we have not planned for but you have completely thought through. And so we can trust that God is working things out even through a storm like the loss of a loved one. And I, and I appreciate that doesn't belittle the loss of a loved one. Remember, before a man crosses from life to death, that does not happen without the Lord's involvement. And because we know that if the Lord allows that to happen, then he has planned a future that we may not be able to see at the time. And he then comforts us as we go through what is a brand new season, which can be very painful. So that's the first thing I want to say. So I do realize if we've lost it, it's not that, oh, didn't God, did God not hear us? That's not the answer. Did God not want to heal this person? No, that's not the answer. It is that God in his wisdom. And also God in his wisdom and part of a plan that he has laid out that the Bible says that he, he manages. He decides that this is how this will turn out. We also realize, so that's what I want us to keep in mind. So that does not negate God's desire to heal. That does not negate God's ability to heal but that does say that God has allowed something to happen that he has planned for prepared for and he lays out an answer for is it painful as we go through it yes but God then comforts so I really appreciate Otti I hope that helps a little bit um, I'm not pretending and now when someone crosses over someone that's a believer goes to the Lord please Take comfort in that. I understand that. It's a tough one. I've been there. So I, I appreciate that. I hope I sensitively answered your question without um, pushing it um, too widely. You did send it privately, and I appreciate that. The second thing I got, the second question I have is this. Um, what about the madman of Gadarenes that met with Jesus in Mark 5? So let me go there, which is, which is really nice. Mark 5. So the madman of Gadarenes... Jesus comes out of the boat and the man is possessed by spirits. And he's literally, he's thrown into the, um, he's, he spends his time in the tombs, cutting himself and Jesus, he meets Jesus and Jesus casts out the spirits and the man comes to his right mind and heals. So, but you also notice when we spoke about healing the first time and I will go to Matthew 
4 verse 23 and that really helps and then we'll go to acts 10 38 to explain it matthew 4 verse 23 and the bible says i'll read 23 and 24 and this is what happened with the madman at Gadara, so we understand it. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all those being badly ill, suffering various diseases and torments. And those who had been possessed with demons and those who had been moonstruck and paralytics, and he healed them. So with the madman at Gadara, what the healing took the form of deliverance, where Jesus cast out the spirit. When the spirit left, the impact of the spirit on the person's behavior ended and the man returned to his right mind. And that is healing. So that's what we realize. Acts 10, 38 says the same thing, that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So any, and that also answers the next question that I've got, which is really great. Jennifer, this is your question, that does this apply to mental and emotional healing? That is matters of the heart, healing from childhood traumas, mental health. If there is an oppression of Satan, of any form or shape, and that oppression is removed through our per the, the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then, ladies and gentlemen, that is healing, the restoration of something to an original state. So does healing cover all of us? Yes. The, the, it, because healing is wherever the root is, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical, psychological, wherever it is, the person will be restored to an original state. So yes, you can believe God for healing for all those things. Now we also looked at, okay, so keep that in mind. So that just because of a broken heart, if your heart is broken, the Bible does say God will heal the broken hearted. The Bible also says that, so when the Bible says that he will restore you or he will deliver you, you could wrap it up in one word, healing. Because healing means what? Restoring to an original state. Whatever the problem was, it's taken away and you will be healed. So whatever the area is, you're believing God for healing, ladies and gentlemen, I really, really pray that God will heal you. Now, for the last 10 minutes for tonight um thank you for the questions it really really helps so i hope that 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 helps i hope that helps okay um let's put this in context so um <laughs> amen um candace lovely so amen okay so now let's let's wrap one more thing up looking at the miracles of jesus there's one i while i was going through my research so let's go through this um for the last 10 minutes turn with me please to matthew 14 and we're going to read verse 22 and so this is the thing about studying the bible sometimes you will be looking for one thing and god will show you something completely different and when he did this 
so this happened while I was studying this week for tonight. And so I was going through, it's in the, I was going through the list and this particular miracle, miracle caught my eye and it was Jesus walking on the sea. Um, I sat down for an hour and I studied it and this is what I came out and I'll read it to you. And I pray, actually, I don't pray. I actually know that God wants to speak to somebody. Um, Matthew 14, verse 22, Jesus has just done a whole bunch of healings, fed 5,000, and he sent his disciples across to the other side. Let's join the story at verse 22. And the Bible says, and immediately Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a boat and to go before him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And when he had sent the crowds away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone but the boat was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was against them and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went to them walking on the sea and the disciples saw him walking on the sea and they cried out they and they were troubled saying it's a phantom and they cried out for fear but immediately jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer i am do not fear. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But seeing that the wind was strong, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, little faith, or in the King James is, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they came into the boat, the wind ceased. Let me stop reading there, ladies and gentlemen. The reason that I was, what I was looking, I was going through stories and I was looking for stories on healing and this one hit me. And this touched me because a couple of things hit about the miraculous. And I pray this really helps your journey for healing. The first thing is that, that you realize is the story is famous. Jesus sees them rowing, uh, they're, they're struggling in the water and Jesus comes walking on the water and they panic. So Jesus is doing something that the storm is raging and it doesn't affect Jesus. He's walking on water. Now that is remarkable, different story. That's, that's the working of miracles, different story. But then the Bible says this, and this is what, so I wrote a few notes and I want you to realize the first one was this. When Peter asked Jesus, he said, if it's you, tell me to come. The Bible said, Jesus said, come. And the ability that he had was transferred to Peter. Peter gets out of the boat and begins to walk on water. Now, please keep this in mind. This is what, so this is the notes I wrote down, that when God gives you his word, the abilities that God has are transferred to you. Now, that touched my heart. Now, remember, Peter said, bid me come. All Jesus said was come. I want you to please take this to the bank. Hold on to this, ladies and gentlemen, especially if you're believing God for healing or if you're believing God for any miracle at all. Take when God gives you his word, the abilities that God has 
are transferred to you. So when, notice, God said, no, 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 this storm, so he transfers the abilities to Peter and Peter does what God can do or what Jesus could do. So just, so keep that in mind. Now, what am I saying now? Ladies and gentlemen, if God has given you a word in this season and God is able to do the impossible, then the ability that God has when he gives you a promise, it is transferred to you. So when God says you will prosper, you will heal, things will turn around. The ability to get it done comes with his word. And all of a sudden, Peter could do something that he couldn't do before. That was the first thing I noticed. The second thing I noticed, what happened when Peter had a wobble? So please keep this in mind. The second thing I noticed, <laughs> the second thing I noticed is this. When Peter had a wobble, he called out for Jesus. So he's now got out of the boat. He's walking on water and things are getting hectic. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to keep this in mind. You, you may have set out on a journey in faith and things are getting hectic. But this part touched me. Je he said, Jesus, I'm sinking. Help me. Jesus reaches out his hand and holds Peter. And the Bible says the ability that was in Jesus was transferred to Peter because they walked back to the boat together. Second thing that rocked my world is this that as long as you are in contact with the Lord, the abilities that God has are transferred to you. Now, I want, I'm going to read a scripture to you just to back that up. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I want you to keep this in mind. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, but because my question to the Lord was, Lord, how do you hold my hand? This is what he said, verse Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. That means the abilities, the efficiencies, and the capacity of the almighty God are transferred to you when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the very bounds of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, please hear me well. When you, what the Lord lays on my heart was this, when the Holy Spirit is in you and he comes, he, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, when he's with you, listen to me very carefully, please. The abilities that God has are transferred to you. And that means in this situation, in this season, in this difficult season, the abilities that God has are transferred to you. That means the ability to create. So let's look at a couple and then we'll close this out. This, I, there, there were so many more. There were so many more wonderful things I saw. But let's just look at a couple of things. So what are the abilities of God? And I know I'm speaking to somebody. Someone turning your Bible to Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. This is where we're just going to close it out. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. And then... We'll close in prayer. Okay, I'm going to read verses 18 and 19. 
And the Bible says, do not earnestly remember the former things, neither the consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? But then listen to the abilities of God. Now, this is somebody's story. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Meaning, God has the ability to make pathways where there are none. And he has the ability to cause deserts to become rivers. When you are holding his hand, ladies and gentlemen, when you're holding on to his word, and when his spirit is guiding, leading, and empowering you, the ability is transferred to you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want you to be afraid in this season. I want you to keep in mind that as you begin, whether you're pray, believing God for healing, whether you are believing God for a breakthrough, whether you're believing God for any miracle, any miraculous event, the power is still God's. But when he speaks and when he touches, as in when he reaches out with his spirit to you, hear me well, the power that is in him comes to you. And then the miraculous will become your story. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I pray for anybody who is believing God for healing. The power to heal, the willingness to heal, the person who heals is God. May God come across his word and may God come through his spirit and bring healing to you and to those who you want it to come to in your prayers. We pray that. I pray, Father Almighty God, that tonight also may the radical miraculous become the story of your children because they have your word and they have your spirit and therefore your abilities will become theirs. And so, Father, where everybody else says it is a wilderness for them, it will be a way of promotion a fruitful field, and a season to remember. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're done for tonight. Next week, please, um, we're going to take questions before we shift forward. So if you have any questions, prepare them, send them in during the week. We'll take them next week as we begin. May God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. God bless you.